Hi, everyone. My name is Sambal Siddiqui. And I'm Alana Mallon, and we are two new Cambridge City Councilors, and this is our weekly podcast, Women Are Here. We're here. We're here. It's Friday. Oh, my God. It feels, it was a really long week. This week was 400 years long. But next week is vacation, so. That is true. Yeah. Well, I mean, for for, you. for school kids. For school kids. Not for people. <laughs> Not for people. Sorry, people. <laughs> yeah. Um, how was your birthday? Birthday was great. Did yeah. you go to that axe throwing place in I, Somerville? I did. So we, uh, it was about 12 of us. We went axe throwing. Okay. I need to, I really need to know. It was so bizarre. Was it, it weird? It was kind of fun. Yeah. <laughs> my my friend Katrina, she won the championship, which was so funny. Cause like she, that, that night or like just, that, that she's night. like a national axe throwing well, champion? Oh, okay. <laughs> she thinks she is probably, but <laughs> no, no. She was she, like, everyone was like, oh, I can't throw an axe. I can't throw an axe. And like. Bam, my friends were amazing at throwing the axes, axes at the bullseye. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's hard. Anyway, it, it's fun. There's like a bar there. There's food. and um, Did anybody almost get an axe thrown at their head? This is my concern. No, it gives me anxiety they train you. About that. They train <laughs> you. And you, there's all these rules. So as long as you follow, you're good. And uh, we, uh, I, had, I had three cakes, um, funfetti cakes. I ate. An entire one of your cakes this week. <laughs> Speaking oh, of yeah. Oh, a yeah. long week. Yep. So uh, people didn't coordinate, but that's okay. Uh, but I, there were three uh, milk bar cakes. That uh, seems like a good thing not to coordinate about. I oh, know. sorry. Now I have three cakes. Three cakes, which are either $50 each. They're delicious. They're delicious. Oh. I mean, I honestly, I've had better Funfetti. Don't tell my friends. Don't tell Milk Bar. But I, I was underwhelmed. Really? Yeah, we still have one left. So I saw it in their fridge. Well, there's one in the city council fridge. Yeah, that I tore apart. There's like a... S- s- oh, s- oh. <laughs> whoops. Hold on. Failure. <laughs> my uh, headphone failure. My headphone set just came off. Uh, yeah, but anyway, they were good. They were good. Well, I appreciated having it Monday night. I did bring one. Meeting. Yeah, yep. yeah. I wanted to bring you guys uh, some taste. So. And I've, trying, I've been trying to be really good and not eat like a sheet cake, but it's this week, man. Oh, you had to just... Just keep eating. But it was a long week. So we started with Monday council meeting. Monday night we had a council meeting and it was interesting for a couple of different reasons. One... Um, for something we we had a committee hearing on in October, which was around trying to figure out how to better support our young people um, who are low income in the summertime with summer food. So um, typically uh, there's summer food that's uh, offered in the parks every single day, Monday through Friday. And, you know, there's sometimes there's good participation. Sometimes there isn't. Sometimes, um, you know, when there's different programming around it, more people show up. But um. We've had um, some kind of disappointing news that uh, our Department of Elementary and Secondary Ed has kind of figured out that we don't have neighborhood schools. So the way that the parks are actually eligible for federal reimbursement has changed because now there's only two census tracts in the city that um, are eligible for federal reimbursement, which makes it really tricky to get food to all the kids in the city who might be food insecure over the summer. So... Uh, we worked really hard um, with Project Bread and with the Department of Human Services and actually with some state and federal agencies to try to really be creative um, because the city of Cambridge was probably going to have to pay uh, to to deliver this food in the summertime. We could actually be creative about um, trying some new ways to get food to kids in the summer and trying to f- get kids to food, get kids 
food in the summer where they already are, right? right. Instead of hoping that kids kind of show up at places where they aren't. So um, <clears throat> the Department of Human Services came back with a report um, and an, a budgetary allocation of about $40,000 on top of the federal reimbursement um, to do some really creative, cool stuff. So in the summertime this summer, in addition to some of the parks that will have um, summer food, we are going to be having food during youth summer basketball leagues at Senate Park, Glacken Field, and Hoyt Field. And that's about it, the way that that works out. There's um, eight different times a week. Um, those are at night. And then during six summer movie nights and the evening Cambridge Book Bike visits to public housing locations, which is awesome. We've been partnering with the Cambridge Book Bike for years, and it's always a big one. Um, but these are going direct to public housing locations, so very, very targeted. And also every day at the Central Square Library, Library in partnership with their existing programming. So those are some really interesting and creative ways that we're going to be trying to get summer food to kids this summer. And then the other thing that we really worked hard on and I'm so excited to announce is that for a long time, Cambridge felt like um, you couldn't offer a meat meal and a vegetarian meal on the same day because of a just kind of a misunderstanding of the way that they were reading the federal rules and regulations, which made it really hard for kids who are vegetarians or who have dietary restrictions due to religious um, restrictions. They couldn't access a meal if we had meat meals. So um, we really worked hard with Project Bread and the federal agencies to kind of clear that up. And now we're going to be able to offer both meat and vegetarian meals at all of our sites this summer. And it's going to be that's going to be a huge, huge shift for a lot of our low-income kids who don't eat meat um, <clears throat> and ensuring that they have access to a, a healthy meal that they can eat every single day. And I would say that, you know, in talking to our closed sites, which is our summer campsites that offer summer food, um, this was a huge problem for, for a lot of camps, especially um, Breakthrough, Greater Boston, which uh, operates at the high school. And it's a over the summer academic program for lots of kids, many of whom who are low income, uh, many of whom who don't eat meat. So uh, Alyssa Spellman, who's the executive director, actually said this um, about the new change. Being able to eat three healthy meals each day is vital to a young person's health, emotional well-being, and ability to engage in their education. Knowing that lunch is now fully accessible to all of our students at Breakthrough, regardless of religious background and dietary restrictions, means a great deal to us. So I'm really, I'm so thrilled that the city <clears throat> was able to work with us um, and partner with the right people to really really get creative this summer around how to ensure that kids get access to food. I mean, if you look at the numbers, 1,700 of our Cambridge Public School kids access a free or reduced lunch uh, every day. And in the summer, that, that number kind of drops to around 800. So there's a big gap of about 1,000 kids that we're trying to capture with this. Um, and so I'm grateful to the Department of Human Services and all of the, and the, the Parks Department um, and all the folks that really put a strong um, proposal together for this summer, and I'm really excited to see what what fruit that bears. Yeah, huge shout out as you've said to Project Bread, who's yeah. really offered to continue to help the city on this. And without them, uh, you know, we wouldn't have seen some of the results. So, yeah, I mean, I think it's really important to like you can't just write a policy order mm -hmm. or have a committee hearing. You just have to do that like collaborative work because there's right. people out there that can be helpful. So this was really an example of of pulling a bunch of different agencies together for the benefit of our, our low-income kids. Exactly. Yeah. 
So that was on the oh, table. Oh, you lost your headphones again. Oh, no, God. What's happening? I don't know. Did what the shape is. of your head change? <laughs> I feel like there's something wrong with this head. So I'm sorry. But yeah, that was Monday. We had some other action happen Monday. So, uh, you know, in the meeting, we as counselors have options to talk a lot about our policy orders, about things that we've been working on. Uh, and our colleague, Quentin uh, Zondervan, uh, decided to pull a communication, which rarely happens. No one usually pulls. I've actually never seen it happen. Yeah, I don't think I've ever seen it happen. So he pulled a communication from a resident about um, NIOP. So it, it used to stand for the National Association for Industrial and Office Parks, uh, but they actually dropped that acronym. Um, they just go by NIOB, and there's no acronym associated with oh, it anymore. Okay. So um, I've never even heard of this organization. I, I hadn't either. Uh, and so they are made up of uh, commercial. It's a le- it, on the website it says it's a leading organization for developers, owners, and investors of office, industrial, retail, and mixed use real estate. So uh, the letter uh, was discussing the role of this organization and the connections to lobbying and the lobbying they do at the the state. uh, At the state level. Yeah, at the state level. And our colleague read the letter uh, in its entirety and then proceeded to read his own statement. And, you know, it was one of those things where I think I was surprised to hear about the issue and the way that he did it because usually counselors will will uh, put in communications uh, from officers at the separate section, and then usually the, 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 the counselor will pull the communication and then open it up mm-hmm. for discussion and will provide some advance notice, some uh, advanced discussion. And I felt that, um, you know, our, our, the counselor didn't do that. And so it was all over the media the next day that there was some orchestrated walkout mm-hmm. uh, th- that happened. And, you know, I'm here to say there was no walkout. I think it was, you know, people go in and out of council offices for many, many reasons. And yeah, um, sometimes if a counselor is saying something and, you know, you disagree, then you it's your prerogative to to you know, to leave to take a break to come back, uh, we have a thing called quorum. So on Monday's meeting, there were uh, there were I think we need five for a quorum, and so well if everyone's there, yeah, and the vice mayor was not there, the vice mayor was not there, so we didn't have a quorum at certain a certain point, and so the mayor called recess, but the media and others construed this to be some kind of debacle and 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 not de- democratic so anyway it, it, it wasn't that <laughs> for those who <laughs> are interested in in hearing more about that we're, we're happy to chat about it yeah i mean i um i think you explained it beautifully like if it hadn't been a if it had been a communication and a signal from another counselor that it was going to be something that we were going to talk about and he you know if if somebody wanted to talk about the role of lobbying and good public policy and i would be happy to have that conversation it just came up as such a surprise and it was clear that there wasn't going to be a discussion about it it right. was just going to be a very long what i considered kind of a stump speech like on tv mm-hmm. and um i just felt like I was going to take a break um, yeah. and not it, there wasn't going to be a vote that was going to be taken and I walked in right. the back and I ate a cookie 
and probably more of that cake also. <laughs> My cake was back there. <laughs> um, but you know, I to me, I just feel like I'm a very I'm a serious person. I I look at every single thing that's in that book, and sometimes it's 800 pages, and I prepare for every single thing that is going to come before us, so that I'm not caught out of like I didn't know who that organization was. I I briefly read the letter. But I didn't do any research. I didn't. So I just felt like, okay, we're not going to have a conversation about this. We're not going to have a discussion. So I'm just going to get up and go. But then it's like this narrative out there that we all like, all of these counselors got up and walked out and on this important discussion. And it was like, it wasn't a discussion. So anyway, it's a little, it was a little frustrating for me, I have to say, especially since there were some good things on the agenda to talk about and be proud of. And then this is kind of where we are. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, yeah. It, and I'm uh, listen. I'm happy to have a substantive conversation right. at any time, um, if I'm prepared, and if it's something that you know the, the taxpayers really feel like we are, we should be talking about. Yeah, and so, there should be discussion. That's the right. key thing. If someone is talking for five, ten minutes, it, it was a long yeah, time. Yeah. Uh, anyway, I I I hope that um, in the future, our colleagues will actually write communications and, and, and then we can open it up to four and have, or hold a committee hearing on the topic. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that would be a great, <laughs> right? a, another great way to talk about it. I mean, yeah. we have a lot of options. We have a lot of options. We're and, a city counselors. We can do stuff. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> so Tuesday night, we were supposed to have a school committee roundtable about the budget and it was rescheduled to the weather. So we'll let you know when um, that's rescheduled for on. Wait, can I just say yeah. that I went home Tuesday night and I just didn't even know what to do with myself. I know. I was like, well, I'm home. I know. It's like five o'clock. <laughs> I was like, crazy. What, what I do I do? <laughs> so on Wednesday, I was, I think it was Wednesday, right? Yep. Yeah. 13th. I uh, chaired the Economic Development and University Relations Committee to uh, receive an update on our retail strategy plan and our vacant storefront initiative. The last meeting we had on this topic was in September. So there was a lot to discuss and we mostly discussed uh, the, our uh, land use classification uh, study from 2015. We had sponsored an order in December to say, look, th- where are we on this? So, And, and listeners, don't tune out right now because yeah. it sounds so boring, but it's actually so exciting. Yeah, so our it's like table, a good topic. <laughs> right, it is interesting. It is. So in- if you're interested in small business and local business and why we have some and not others, yeah. like this is actually really awesome topic and we Stay can with send us. you the report so <laughs> uh, so our table of uses is from the 60s and in 2014 the city hired a consultant to come and look at our table of uses to update them for the current retail environment what we've heard is that the current table of uses is too complicated the definitions are not up to date and uh, retailers spend too much time resolving zoning issues and getting variances which can be costly for small businesses carrying rent costs uh, and with other doors being open so uh, we also have outdated parking requirements, and we don't allow mixed uses. So, for example, if a food, in- food incubator wanted to operate during the day in a restaurant kitchen, that's not allowed. And our average legal cost to resolve these issues is about three hundred, th- about three thousand uh, dollars. It could, it's probably even more than that. So, our I think ec- it probably costs that much to get an attorney to come to your oh my God, zoning hearing. Yeah. yeah. So our economic development department is proposing to make changes that include adding adding use types that don't exist currently, like grocery stores. How does grocery store not exist? I know. (laughs) They're around in the 60s. It's crazy. It's crazy. Food stands or kiosks, performing arts studios, fitness centers, temporary open air markets, 
uh, and then adding a use that's not otherwise def- designed to be defined to allow for greater flexibility for future unknown uses. Uh, and we want to exempt parking requirements requirements on any new retail use up to 10,000 10, square feet in an existing building. Uh, and we also talked about uh, updating some home-based businesses such as Home Chefs uh, and the, the local arch- entrepreneurs that exist. Uh, so uh, both of us have so many stories and nightmares from small retailers who've had to spend a lot of money on rent. They're paying hefty legal fees uh, and they're going through this you know, arduous uh, approval process and using an out table, outdated table of land use. Um, so their businesses are much more likely to fail. Um, and or they start off with such a deficit that it's really hard to come back. And so as a city who wants a thriving, uh, small local retail business community, we have to do what we can to ease the path to, to getting these businesses to open their doors. So it's not just a Cambridge problem, it's a nationwide problem. And we are actually ahead of many places in doing this, but this study was done in 2014. Uh, it was completed uh, J- July that year. And so it's been almost five years that have been passed before recommendations from the study um have been implemented or will be implemented or will be, will be. we don't and we heard back that's from best a, case scenario that's is best. July. and that's it's, it's so frustrating because we asked we were like what's the timetable you know and i feel like tina timetable <laughs> right every meeting i'm like so hello how, yeah. <laughs> hello yeah and we've multiple you know many of us have uh, this has been an issue that we've talked about since day one um january 2018 and what we've heard is it's it is largely a capacity issue, uh, mm-hmm. and we need. If you know any zoning planners, please there, send them our please, way. Please, Tweet at us. Please let us know if you know someone who's in, wants to work with the city in zoning. Like we, we have the we can pay to bring it on. It's more about <laughs> no. finding that, a good person. A good person. So uh, more on that. Uh, there was a lot more detail discussed. We'll be you know submitting some policy orders in relation to to some of the the things that we discussed and. Uh, we'll we'll keep talking about this issue and we'll both keep pushing our city to <laughs> update this table of uses. I feel like that's going to be my greatest accomplishment. I, know, I, I know. did it. We did yeah, it. <laughs> there's <laughs> there's more uses in our code. You know? I know. I know. Yeah. Well, now we can finally have grocery stores. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, that, that was this week. There were um, uh, some other meetings that we'll get to later. So that was Wednesday, which was, as everyone knows, Galentine's, Galentine's Day, Day, which is the best day of the year. Did you? Go, what did you do? I went out to dinner with some some of my friends. Oh. We always go out on Valentine's Day. It's always a good time. It's like, I really hate Valentine's Day. Yeah. Um, but Valentine's Day is really fun, and it was so funny. We were out at the, um, we went to Loose over in um, just outside of Porter Square, and uh, there was like a couple couples, like man, you know, yeah, typical man and women couples, and like the <laughs> they weren't sit, and then all the other tables were just like ladies. <laughs> And we were joking that like all the women were like, I told you to make a reservation on actual <laughs> Valentine's Day and you waited too long. But anyways, it was super fun. But can I? OK, real talk. Yeah. I have a super embarrassing story. I've been waiting for this. Oh. <laughs> so on Wednesday, I noticed that, you know, some t- people you probably don't know because you don't you don't love Twitter, but people will like publish like our th- three biggest followers were X. X, X person, right? Yeah. So I'm I'm getting my coffee on Wednesday morning and I notice that the Cambridge Police publishes theirs and Celeste Ng 
is one of their three top like Twitter followers that week. And I was like, what? Oh my God, you know, and you know that I love her. I know. Like it's it's obnoxious, right? Like I talk about her all the time. I mean, think she's such a great writer, but I also like, I really love her on Twitter and I do think that we would be friends (laughs) if only she would get to know me. I know. (laughs) So anyways, I... um, the social media person at the police department and I have kind of a healthy yeah. rivalry, mm-hmm. Jeremy. And um, so I emailed him and I was like, all right, you win. You win the internet. Celeste Ng, it, you know, follows you guys, I guess, and is like one of your best tweeter, like tweet followers. And um, I was like, you win the internet. It was a contest because we always joke that we're not really yeah. rivals. But I was like, and you win. I deleted my account. So he he wrote me back. He's like, oh, actually, you know, she's a really she's she's a really good follower and blah blah blah. So anyway, flash forward to that evening, and I got this message from Jeremy mm-hmm. at the police department, and he was like, I have a surprise for you. And then I look at my Twitter, and Celeste Ng had tweeted at me and said <gasps> she said she said. A little birdie told me that you liked me to say hello to you. And I was like, oh, my, oh my God. Mortified. Mortified. Right? Well, that's pretty cool. No. No. Why not? Oh, my God. It's so embarrassing. Because I wanted her to like, I wanted us. To, it'd be like if like it, you were like, I have a crush on somebody. And then I told that person. That's true. That's, that's not true. how you would want it to happen. You'd want to be mm. at a party and be like, oh, hey, hey I'm Sumbo. Yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah. This is kind of desperate thirsty right it's so thirsty and i'm like mortified so i'm like sitting with my girlfriends and i'm like oh my god you guys what do i do so we're like workshopping like what to say right it was so awful oh my god it was like cringe worthy it's all and so then then okay so jeremy let's decide right now friend or foe foe (laughs) right yeah Yeah. so i'm a revenge it's on it's on but revenge is a is what is pretty cool Revenge, I don't even know this. <laughs> Revenge is the... It's a it's a meal served best cold or something. Yeah. I just butchered that, but you guys know what I'm talking about. Yeah. So anyways. Well, I thought when you were saying I have an embarrassing story, I was imagining you like falling somewhere or like <laughs> something I, like... I would rather fall somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> that I could do. No problem. Oh my This gosh. is like out in the middle of the world for everyone to see that I'm thirsty. You are. thirsty. It's You're thirsty. Awful. Yeah. Like I'm sweating thinking about it right now see i yeah i guess i'm trying to think who yeah that's pretty cool that she tweeted though she uh, yes yeah that's like that you're like celebrity status oh no i mean what i tweeted back at her was so i want to see no it's like no it's i'm i'm embarrassed you're embarrassed okay i'm gonna have to read it later (laughs) anyway that's that's just that was your galentine that's my galentine well i'm glad uh i'm glad you got to see your friends uh, so we have another update. We have a sock update. So our warm hearts for warm feet wool sock drive is over. It's over. Uh, it ended yesterday, Valentine's Day. And get this. Get this, guys. The total tally is, drum roll, please. It's uh, 2,500 socks. Pairs of socks. Pairs of socks, yeah. Uh, and so. Which um, is amazing. It's 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 awesome. So we collected, the city council collected um, 2,000 and uh, the police department collected about 500. So we're really grateful for to all those who've donated because this for this uh, for the second year in a row because now we have bragging rights over the police department, which is amazing. And I know Alana loves that. <laughs> um, well, now I love it even more. Even so much more. <laughs> Uh, and so we're really, really um, also happy that we don't have to do the police agility test, which uh, 
we were really happy about. Yeah, I can't. I, yeah. We wouldn't have to jump yeah. over, into Even a window. Even though or I'm something. like, I should. I need to do some exercise. But anyway, <laughs> thank you uh, to that bakery, to to Pro EMS, to Cambridge Side Galleria, to Galuccio and Watson Law Offices, Alexander Real Estate, Liam Lunches of Love, Central Square Business Association, Zoni Health, MIT Biomed Realty, Akamai Technologies, Akamai Cambridge Brands. Uh, Sequarius and Momenta Pharmaceutical for being corporate partners in this wool sock drive. And a huge, huge thank you to the residents of Cambridge who brought and shipped so many socks to City Hall uh, to make this so um, successful. And uh, finally, a thank you to Hilton's 10 City and Central Square for offering 20% off wool socks for the drive and being a collection spot as well. Um, our local businesses are the ones that really drive these community events, and this was no uh, exception. So thank you from... Uh, all of us, uh, including the mayor, for making this year really sus- more even more successful than last year. Yeah, I saw um, Julia from Caspar, who is the yeah. recipient. So they have the 240 Albany Street Shelter and the Warming Shel- Center. And she was like over the moon. She like was so excited at how many socks we had um, actually gotten donated. So thanks to everyone. I appreciate it. And we actually count. We me we we've counted a ton of them, and we really have. You know, we do. We've we've had them come to our offices, and it's it's been so fun. It's been really fun. I know there's been so many times when people have walked into City Hall, and I'm, I'm like literally dumpster diving into that recycling bill just to get that one last pair of socks. And people are like, um, like last week, last week. Yeah. I was like, we're inside. We were inside. And anyways, so um, that is over. But um, thank you again for everybody for participating. So yesterday was Valentine's Day, and I actually got to spend the morning at the Fairweather Street yeah. School, which was really awesome. I got to spend some time with the 7th and 8th graders. Um, the whole school is working on uh, working on issues of hunger and food insecurity mm-hmm. in, their, um, in their community. So they had a lot of questions around um, what that looks like here in Cambridge, how many people we're talking about, um, you know, what are the systems of supports for people who are experiencing food insecurity. Um, I spoke with the seventh and eighth graders actually because they have kind of an activist Thursday. So mm-hmm. some of their kids take on just different volunteer activities and um, hunger and food insecurity was one of them. So they had a lot of really <laughs> great questions for me. And then I got to speak to their entire school, which was like kindergarten to eighth grade. So I had yeah. all these like tiny people sitting in front of me talking about being hungry and they had the cutest they just were so cute and uh. asked a million questions and I was like I don't know it just made me feel so good and alive I, uh, yeah alive and um, I was just looking out at all of their concerned faces and and thinking like this is really our future like these kids that really are active and involved mm-hmm. and have empathy um, and then they they actually organize Fairweather Street School organizes a love march every February um, Valentine's Day that starts in Harvard Square and ends at City Hall and their students um, read poems, they sing songs, they do speeches, and I was sobbing through the whole thing. First of all, because yesterday was the anniversary of the Parkland yeah. High School, the Parkland, um, I can't even say, I can't even talk about it. Um, so there was a lot of talk about that, and they're, <clears throat> you know, they're a, a generation of, of children that have grown up with gun violence in their schools, yeah. and... and um, they're, they had some pretty impassioned pleas for the, their legislators to like make sure that they are the last generation that right. has to grow up like this. Um, and then Liam's Lunches of Love, Liam got an award mm-hmm. for being like an outstanding citizen. He, he delivered a speech that 
I literally, I was like, I think I'm gonna have to go inside. I was crying so hard. Wow. You know, like just to see if like a 12 year old yeah. really be, he's so wise and he's just so sweet. And he was, I don't know. Anyway. I'm, I missed it again this year. Shame on me, but. It's actually a really good event. I, I mean, if you want to sob in public. I love crying, <laughs> as you know. As That's knows. a good one. Don't miss it next year. <laughs> Don't miss it. I do love to cry. Um, okay. And so that was that was yesterday afternoon. And yep. then we had two different meetings. So you and I divided and conquered. Yep. Uh, we, uh, I, you went to the ordinance meeting and then I went to the, the kids council meeting. Uh, and so we, um, family policy council. Yeah. Family, sorry. Mm -hmm. Family policy council. Sorry, Nancy. Sorry, Nancy. Yeah. Uh, so that was, it was a great meeting. Uh, we mostly talked about, uh, math. Yeah. Math. Uh, and we talked about math equity and math as a civil right. And a social, social equity. Yeah. And we heard a lot from, uh, you know, our different, organizations we had um tina from the ceoc talk about financial literacy mm -hmm. uh we had um uh, someone from human services talk about the steam work they're mm -hmm. doing uh we had someone uh, talk about the some of the finance the other literacy component uh and programs that we have uh, that deal with math and we we had a there was candy <laughs> for oh, everyone. Thanks for the candy, by the way. Oh yeah, I gave it yeah, to Toby yeah. today. I did. I brought you back a ton of candy, ton of candy. But it, I'm really excited about uh, one of the things was how do we make you know math more accessible and how do we make sure that uh, young people, especially just before high school, uh, you yeah. know, elementary, even kindergarten, of right. math is everywhere, and how do we point that out? And so. Uh, we talked a lot about that. Uh, we also talked about one thing I like is, you know, what do you to to make sure students know how you can use math in the future, right? You know, mm. there's so many ways. Alums of Cambridge and Latin, they're data scientists, they're they're brokers, they're using math every day. And sometimes you don't make that connection. You just automatically, when you're growing up, you're saying math is this, math is really hard, and we have this. I'm never gonna use it. I'm never gonna use it. I'm a, you're accustomed to thinking that math's not for you. Um, and it, particularly when you look at the numbers, we're failing our students of color. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. And so it, it, it really, it, it's all connected to equity. So it was a great conversation. We're, we're going to be doing a lot more on that issue. Um, one of the things that came out of the last meeting that we didn't talk about was how the adults in Cambridge yeah. are sending a message to all of our kids in Cambridge, mm -hmm. right? I even did it yesterday at Fairweather, and I, I wouldn't have noticed it prior to having this conversation. But there's so many times where the adults will say, well, math is, ne I was never good at math, or math isn't my thing, or math isn't my strong suit. And we're just like constantly subtly right. sending messages, especially ladies. Mm -hmm. We are sending a lot of messages to our daughters and to women in the community and to, like to the Fairweather Street students. I apologize because I really, uh, yesterday, blew it <laughs> and <laughs> said, you know, like, oh, math was never my thing. Um, and so really talking about how as adults what kind of the communication can we do to adults to talk yeah. about like okay you need to tone it down we're all good at math right um and then we had um bob moses from the algebra product mm -hmm. project a few months ago talking about how this is the civil rights issue yeah. of our time because if you don't if you fall off and if we're if we're not if we're not connecting our students of color and our low-income students to math at eighth grade, it's a huge indicator of future success. Right. So anyways, I'm really excited that we're working on this. I was sorry to miss the meeting, but I was representing us 
at the Tree Protection Ordinance Committee meeting. So I missed most of that meeting. I came at the end, but um, Alana was able to attend it, so she'll give you some some background. Yeah, and the, the, the hearing was televised for anyone, um, if you missed it, or you are super interested. I mean, I think it's an interesting topic, and it will affect a lot of homeowners. Um, and I just want to say I'm not about to say anything that I didn't say last night because open meeting law, as mm-hmm. we have discussed um, before. So, um, okay, so at last night's ordinance meeting, we discussed the update to the city's tree protection ordinance and a proposed one-year moratorium of not cutting down any significant trees, which is defined as eight inches in diameter at breast height, which actually is not that big, Mm-mm. just FYI. <laughs> um, and those that aren't considered dead or dangerous trees by a certified arborist. So our DPW and legal department have literally been working around the clock putting together a thoughtful response and measure to have in place over the next year um, in response to this proposed moratorium. So one of the things that I was really concerned about was the financial ramifications of what this moratorium would look like. The way that it was currently proposed, you would have to pay the same fee for pulling down a tree if you were a commercial real estate developer or if you're just Mrs. Jones in Cambridgeport or Mr. Smith in North Cambridge. So taking down a tree in the next year, at a minimum, the city would fine you $5,000 with a daily ticket of up to $300 per day that the fine was not paid. Um, and if you didn't pay it, the city could take you to court. And last night there was some discussion about whether or not it would be in the civil process or criminal process. Mm-hmm. So that really didn't feel right to me. So last night we worked through a scenario where at my suggestion we would be able to differentiate fees within the municipal ordinance. So the proposal on the table for the full city council to discuss um, is residents who currently receive a residential tax exemption, you know, that means that they live in their house, would pay 10% of what the commercial commercial developer um, would pay, or uh, $500 would be the minimum, and some leeway within the daily fine. And residents who otherwise are enrolled in low-income programs like SNAP or WIC um, <clears throat> would be exempted from a fee. So I was worried, and I think the concern about the financial impact on residents was shared by all counselors uh, who were there. And I know you voiced your, um, I think you said something about it when you got there too. I think everyone's concerned about that. So I had a few reasons to be concerned there. One, I think there are going to be people who who genuinely don't know um, and take down their trees. As I said, eight inches is not that big, and you could probably take it down with like a a saw in your yard. An axe, yeah. Uh, (laughs) If you could just throw an axe right at it. And then... Um, two, I really, residents who had been planning an addition to their home um, that would require the removal of a significant tree, who have been working for many months, sometimes up to a year, to work through various architectural processes, dealing with neighborhood meetings, BZA approvals, historic district approvals, talking to their neighbors, um, only to be told that now for 12 months they can't proceed with their planned project just felt wrong to me, uh, especially since the city, in fact, created a carve-out for themselves for several planned parks and a library project that will require them to take down significant trees. Um, and I just felt like it was wrong that we weren't providing the residents with those same protections. So um, those were my significant call-outs. And I also, I also wanted to add in for a scenario that I think um, would be for the health of the overall tree canopy. Um, I studied a lot of other cities that already have uh, stronger protections in place. And the way that the moratorium is currently written, there wasn't a provision for an exception if tree removals would actually benefit the overall tree health of the tree canopy. So I suggested language that would allow for residents whose overall canopy in their yard is being compromised by having too many trees and the need to remove one or more to improve the overall health 
um, of the canopy. So I think I, the the language I suggested was the the lot is of such density with existing trees that the removal of certain significant trees is considered beneficial to the health of the tree canopy. Because um, one of the things we heard last night, which I keep, keep thinking of this in my head, is um, lots of times trees plant themselves, right? Mm-hmm. DPW calls them volunteer trees. Volunteer trees. They're just volunteering to be trees. <laughs> um, and so a lot of Norway maples ended up in people's yards that way. So there may need, be yeah, there may need to be um, removal of those trees so that the other trees in the yard um, can have a healthier tree uh, canopy exponentially in, in coming years. So I just thought it was important to see if we could include that language. We'll see if it passes at the council meeting. Um, and so we'll be discussing this at the February 25th meeting. It's going to be a long meeting. But I think that, <laughs> I think, you know, the work last night from the Ordinance Committee to get to this, uh, to get this to a better place, uh, I think it was very clear that, uh, you and others, and especially our staff, who <laughs> put in overtime for sure, I know, come up with all of this uh, in in a really short uh, short time period. Uh, so thank you to the staff who did all the work. I know. Thank you to Commissioner O'Riordan and yes. um, Nancy Glow in the in the law office for really actually being able to put something together right. for us to like look at respond and, to, and respond to. Yeah. So I was not sure how the conversation was going to go. Um, but having a lot of information in front of us to work with and strike out language and add things to was uh, super helpful. So thank you to to that whole team. So that was our that was Valentine's Day, and then I gave you a ride home. Oh, that's right. <laughs> oh, and you gave me that donut. I did. By the way, I ate that donut. And did I just get that because it was like the last donut, or did you pick that one for me? Because that that toasted coconut is my favorite. It's the Samoa. Oh, yeah, the Girl Scouts. <laughs> So I went to this place called Need Donuts. So good. In Providence. I had a panel at Brown on Wednesday night. So I brought, um, I stayed there for the night. And so I went to this new donut shop and it was so good. And I was like, I'm going to, you know, I like getting donuts for people. So, um, <laughs> well, I enjoyed eating it. It was so good. Good, good. I also like Boston cream donuts. Ew. I know people say that, but I, I think they're delicious. Maybe you have to grow You're up here. You're canceled. Oof. <laughs> <laughs> Getting canceled. Oh, you're canceled. Okay, so next uh, digs deep conversation is happening March 21st. I have a call about that uh, right after this, so stay tuned to that. We also have a roundtable working meeting group between the city council and school committee for the purpose of discussing plans for the Tobin school design and construction process. That's uh, Tuesday, February 26th. Uh, at 5.30 at Selvin Chamber. That one should be interesting since my yes. kids are in school there. Exactly. Uh, and then I wanted to quickly uh, talk to you about uh, this this event happening on March 7th so you can save the date. It's at the Cambridge Main Library, uh, lower level community room from 7.15 to 8.30, and it's an introduction, introduction to women of color in feminist history, Massachusetts and beyond. Uh, so please come. It's in celebration of Women's History Month. There'll be a really lively discussion of feminism, focusing on the experiences of the women of color in each wave of the movement from fr- suffrage to the present day. Stephanie Garan, who I went to high school with. Really? Yes. Uh, she was a year older. She's a graduate student studying gender and poverty reduction at the University of London. She's a real loser. I know. Oh, my God. Uh, she'll <laughs> she'll discuss uh, some key events and organizations in feminist history, highlighting women of color who shape the stories uh, and the future. So please I'm re- join me. Yeah, I'm excited about that, especially since we've been having all these conversations about um, suffrage. Exactly. In the 100th anniversary, yeah. the 19th. 
uh, amendment. And I've been ranting on uh, social media about how <laughs> we ha- all have to watch out for the whitewashing of, mm-hmm. of this story. And so I'm really, I'm really looking forward to her, um, your friend who is incredibly, <laughs> I mean, that's something. <laughs> yeah. 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 I mean, it's, it's uh she's, I think she's having a good time. I think she has a lot of stories from the university of London. So I'm, I'm looking forward to hearing, um, that perspective as well. All right, and also the Sidewalk Poetry Contest um, is coming up. So Cambridge Arts is seeking poems for the fifth annual Sidewalk Poetry Contest. Winning poems will be imprinted into the fresh concrete of new sidewalks around the city beginning in fall 2019. Uh, You can be of any age um, to submit a poem of your own um, by March 10th. So this year, they're especially interested in poems that speak to the theme of climate change. So you can go on to cambridgema.gov slash sidewalk poetry, or you can contact Cambridge Arts at 617-349-4380. And um, I wanted to have a shout out next week. What's today? The 15th? 15th? Okay. So the police um, want us to shout out that there is a civil service exam this only happens every two years, so the next one won't happen until 2021. And the final application date for the next next exam for civil service is February 19th, 2019. So um, if you are interested in policing as a job, you should definitely, definitely apply um, because you won't have an opportunity to again until 2021. So apply and learn more. You can visit cambridgepolice.org slash join CPD. And then you could also just tell Jeremy over there that he should be looking out for this lady. For sure. For some revenge. Sure. So we'll tweet, tweet that out um, or share it on Facebook since the deadline is It's It's Monday. coming right up. Is that Monday? Yeah. That, the, yeah. Yeah. President's Day. Right. Okay. Uh, oh, is it? No, it's Tuesday. I'm sorry. I don't know what day it is. I don't know. <laughs> we're we're really tired. Uh, well, <laughs> this is what happens when we podcast on Fridays. I know, like, and I really yeah. We're like, oh, we just want to go to sleep. So, <laughs> thank you for joining us. We're gonna not be here next week. That's right, everybody. Um, we're taking a little break. Taking a little break. Uh, well, yeah. I'm 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 not going on vacation, but you're going to be on a mental <laughs> vacation from my my BS. <laughs> <laughs> I'll miss your text. For my, I've been extra this week and poor so someone. extra. <laughs> so, I was I was telling my son this morning something. I was like, oh, I've been so extra, and he was like, why do you know that word? <laughs> <laughs> Here I am being like, you're canceled. <laughs> yeah, I know exactly. Um, so, anyways, thank you everybody for being with us today. If you have any questions or concerns or just want to shout us shout at us, <laughs> please don't. don't do it on the street. <laughs> yeah, don't do a story. <laughs> Do it on Twitter at A-M-M-A-L-L-O-N. At uh, S-U-M-B-U-L-S-I-D-D. So we hope you have a great week and we will talk to you soon. Bye. Bye.